Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 27. We had a wonderful time last night, didn't we? Oh, wow. So I was praying my voice will hold up. So if you hear me crack a little bit, all right, I've been through puberty, okay? It's, it's from last night. So, uh, okay, Psalm 27. And let's look at uh, verses 13 through 14. What's interesting, everything that transpired today, the message lines right up with what we're, we're talking about. Of course, right? Say Holy Ghost. All right, here we go. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Today I want to talk about a subject that's not very popular in the body of Christ, right? It's not that kind of thing that's going to get you jumping up and shouting. But it is a very practical message for us as Christians. Today I want to give us some keys that we need to know while we're waiting on the Lord. It's, it, we're just talking about it. Say, waiting on the Lord. Oh my goodness, this is so important. The, you know, nobody likes the waiting period, right? And, and that's why we, we have to keep our eyes off of the natural and what's going on. Because it, the, have you ever heard that the devil is a flesh devil? He's always going to try to tickle your flesh, right? He always wants you to stay focused on the natural. But we'll get more into that in a moment. So the Word of God talks about a process called seed time and harvest. Today, I want to focus on that part, time. Seed, time, harvest. Say time. time. Many Christians abort the seeds that they have planted in the time portion. Oh my. Many are so close to a breakthrough, but because of the time from, they plant, from where they plant the seed to the harvest, They lose hope and they throw it away and they abort the seed of that answered prayer. Oh my. Oh, I'm preaching real good so far. We're just getting started. The enemy is always trying to get you and I to abort the seed. Now when talking about the seed, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about releasing a prophetic word or maybe a word that's been spoken to you. Uh, speaking in line with the Word of God, obeying the Word of God in a certain situation. Maybe it's sowing your finances into the kingdom of God for you know, and, and watching God do a return on that investment. By the way, the, the kingdom of God, I found it, it's a great investment, right? It's always going like this. Stock market's always, you know, oh, now. Thanks, Biden. Right? No, okay, go to it. But anyways, Right? <laughs> But the kingdom of God, there's always a return on investment. Amen? Amen. But here's the deal. So God gets very practical about sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is a spiritual law. Now, remember, a spiritual law is just that. It can be used for good and it can be used for evil. It's a spiritual law, right? Just like gravity. There's a law of gravity, right? It can be used for good and it can be used for bad. God gets very practical on sowing and reaping. It's, uh, it, he even talks about getting friends 
about sowing and reaping friends into your life. In Proverbs, Proverbs 18.24, he says this. He says, if you want to harvest on friends, the Bible says you must show yourself friendly. I mean, the Word of God gets very practical on sowing and reaping. I love it. Sowing and reaping, though, it does go way beyond finances. It goes way beyond money, although that's part of it, right? But we are always sowing something in our life. We're always sowing something. And your harvest is always going to be according to that seed that you're sowing in your life. If you sow sparingly or bountifully, you're going to reap the same. That's what the Word of God says. Now, Ephesians 6.13 says this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So today, I want to talk about what to do when you've done all. In, in, in the standing process, you've obeyed the Word of God. You did what you're supposed to do, Right? But you haven't seen any change in the natural. That's the standing part. That's the part of be still and know that I am God. Amen? So I want to give you these points of what to do. I call this how to wait on the Lord. Is that not a practical topic? How to wait? What do I do? Man, the waiting room of life stinks. I want the answer, right? I want to see it right now, right? But as I give you this, these points, keep in mind, I'm, in, I'm assuming one major point, one major point, that you are believing something that the Word of God promises to you, all right? That's what I'm assuming in this message, all right? People bring up that verse, all things are possible you know, to him that believes, and, and then they believe for something that's not even scriptural, Right? So, I mean, you've got to rightfully divide the Word of God. But the Word of God does provide a lot of things, and it's good stuff. Amen? So, we have to rightfully divide the Word of God. I, I worked for the Abundant Life Prayer Group at Oral Roberts University when I went to Rama, and you wouldn't believe some of the prayer requests that would come in. I'm like, what is going on here? These people are really believing this? You have no word to stand on for this, right? It's crazy. So, you know, God's not your, your genie, okay? You've got to have word on it. Stand on Say word of, God. word of God. Stand on it. Amen? So, yes, all things are possible to him that believe the word of God or a person that has scripture to back it up, all right? That's our basis for our faith. That's our foundation. So, I believe that these keys are going to give you a map give you some direction and guidance of what to do in that waiting period, that seed time. You see, I put a status on Facebook. It said, I said, seed time, dot, 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 and harvest. I hate those dots. I, I, patience is a, is a virtue. It's a trial. Amen. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. What do we do while we're waiting for the promise to manifest? Number one, wait on the Lord prayerfully. Man, do not pray one time and then forget about God. Prayer is simply communication with God. It's not always asking Him for something. Stay in communication with your Heavenly Father. There are different kinds of prayers. There are different types of communication with God. Do not, do not ever allow your communication with God to take a back seat in your life. Because here's the deal. You ready for this? If you forsake your prayer life with Him, there's going to be some more dots added to that. Or you might even abort your seed that you tried to sow. In the waiting, listen to this. 
in the waiting period, the time period, the Holy Spirit may give you an instruction or a new strategy for that situation. Staying in communication with an open heart is key to him. You know, I I found out the Holy Spirit loves to give change-ups. Right? And so, here's the deal. Increase your time of praying in tongues in that waiting period. When you're praying in tongues, you are praying the perfect will of God for your life. You're praying the perfect will of God. You're praying that the Holy Spirit's going to come into that situation. Because the Holy Spirit sees things that are happening in the spirit realm around you. All we're seeing is the natural realm. Are you following me? The Holy Spirit will be praying things through your natu- through you that your natural mind would never pick up on. Especially, like I said, the things that are happening in the spirit realm. See, it will thwart the attacks of the enemy or any person coming to try to sabotage or hinder that manifestation from coming to pass. Maintaining communication with your heavenly Father will keep you strengthened. It will keep your spiritual eyes open. We need our spiritual eyes open in this day and age. Are you following me? All right? Maintaining a prayer life will determine this, is if you have a pure heart toward your Heavenly Father. Are you in it for a relationship or just what He can do for you? Parents, listen. How many times, when your kids are not thankful, right? Uh, and, And then they come and ask you for, they've been disrespectful, they're not thankful, and then they come to you asking for something else. How quick do you want to do that for them? <laughs> right? Man, we, I tell you, we must look like spoiled brats to God many times. We must look horrible. You know, we, we get on our kids about how their attitude is while God's looking down and saying, well, you're kind of acting practically worse. Right? Jesus said, apart from him, we cannot bear fruit. He is the vine and we are the branches. We need to be plugged into Jesus. And part of that life source is our communication, our prayer life with him. You've got to maintain that. Amen? So if you let your your relationship lapse with him, listen, you're aborting your seed. You're aborting your seed. Forget about what you're praying about because here's the deal. Oh, man, prayer, it's such a deep topic. Prayer keeps you away from temptation. Prayer will give you strength to overcome sin. I mean, prayer does so many things. Prayer will protect that seed. Amen? So we need to wait on the Lord with the prayer of thanksgiving. One of the types of prayer is a prayer of thanksgiving. So always maintain a thankful heart. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to look at verses 16 through 18. Well, God, I, I, I prayed this. What do I do? What do I do now? What is your will, Lord? Well, here it is. Very, very easy. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. You know what that means? Keep that line of communication with him constantly. Keep him in your thought life constantly. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. I love that. That's the will of God. Think about it. For you and I personally. Pray without ceasing. Your communication with God should include thanksgiving. If thanksgiving is not in your communication with God, your heart is not right with Him. I'll just say it like that. Your heart is not right. Okay? It's veered off from from the heart of God. There needs to be a heart of thanksgiving on the inside. 
and not just always asking for things. See, it's like any type of other relationship. It's the same rules that you use with any relationship. Just be mindful of that. Amen? So Thanksgiving, listen, Thanksgiving is a fruit of faith. Seed, time, and harvest. That phase of time should be filled with faith. All right? Faith carries you from the t- uh, carries you from the time you ask or decree a thing to the manifestation. Don't ever surrender your faith. That's what the enemy's always trying. Here's oh thank you Holy Ghost. The enemy's always trying to get us to disengage our faith. Oh, say disengage. That's a powerful word. That just hit me like a ton of bricks as, I, as that came into my spirit. If, listen, if you truly have faith for something, it will, it will show in your attitude. It will show in your actions, right? Because faith without works is dead. Don't ever surrender your faith. All right? Hang in there. Don't give up. Don't give in to discouragement. Keep moving forward. Say, I'm going to move forward. All right. So we want to maintain that prayer, prayer, uh, that heart of prayer toward the Lord in the waiting time. Next, here you go. Oh, here it is. Wait on the Lord patiently. Ooh, go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Uh, Psalm 37. Wait on the Lord patiently. Here we go. Psalm 37, verses 7 through 8. Oh, the Word of God is so rich. There's so many great things that He tells us here. It says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Listen, we are responsible for our own lives. You, you have, you have, as we were talking earlier, you cannot control the will of another person. You are responsible for you. Amen? Amen. All right? That's gonna, that, that, that should take a load of bricks off of your chest, off of your shoulders. Okay? Do not fret because of him who prospers in, in, the way, in his way, because of the, of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. All right. So when you're truly walking in faith toward God, there is a rest or there is here it is. I like to say it this way. There's a peace attached to it. If if for some reason there's no peace attached to that thing, you're putting too much on yourself and not relying on the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody Mm, that'll preach all day long. If it crosses the line of anxiety, if it crosses that line, you're, you're, you're carrying too much of the load. Put it on the Lord. Put it on Him. Come on. Cast your cares on the Lord. Amen, sister. Amen. Anxiety and stress are synonyms for the word unbelief. In fact, where you see unbelief, you can throw in those words in the Word of God. We are commanded to trust the Lord with all of our heart. Show me a Christian that truly has faith and confidence in the Word, and I'll show you a person that has peace on the inside. I'll show you a person that walks in the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is our strength. No joy, no strength. You got joy, you got strength. Amen? Faith, listen to this, faith and patience always work together. 
Because, listen to this, faith fills that void of time. So there's going to be a period of time. So So wherever there's faith, there has to be patience. Because faith is what carries you to the manifestation. I know, I hate it. There's that time. Okay, I get it. I understand. But here's the key to faith. Faith believes. You ready for this? Faith believes that you have it right now before you see the manifestation of it. See, this is that that kind of paradox, right? There's seed, time, and harvest. You're supposed to have faith in that time, right? It's It's that paradox because faith says, I have it right now. But your eyes are saying and your brain's saying, no, you don't, dummy. You don't have it right now. You following me? But faith is a spiritual thing, not a head thing. That you got to get out of your head. Say, I got to get, I got, say, I got to lose my mind. You got to let your born again spirit take over. Amen. Now, (laughs) see here, let's get, dig a little deeper in this faith thing. That's why, listen, faith is the substance of things hoped for and it's evidence of things not seen. Listen to this. Here we go. Faith is a spiritual substance and faith is spiritual evidence. But here's the problem. If you're, if you're a carnal Christian, a carnal Christian is someone who's just led by everything you see in the natural. Right? Everything you see. So if you're going to be led by just what you see in the natural, you're, you're, the devil's going to win every time. You're, it's going to throw you off course and that seed is... Gone, baby. You following me? Faith is a spiritual thing. So we need to tweak ourselves and we got to get back in a spiritual mindset. Say spiritual mindset. Faith is, oh, I love that. Spiritual substance, spiritual evidence. We can rejoice in the answer because of this. Because something must happen in the spirit realm before you see it in the natural realm. That's why faith is spiritual substance, not natural. Faith is spiritual substance. It's spiritual, it's evidence. I know when I release the prayer of faith, I know something is happening in the spirit realm. And because something's happening in the spirit realm, I can rejoice. I have it in the spirit realm right now. Your faith transfers it into the natural realm. But I know there's that time period. Oh, that time. Say time. But faith believes it's now. Again, because something's happening in the, nat- in the spiritual realm. Something is activated in the spiritual realm when you pray. Something is activated. And it's, and it's just a matter of time before you see it in the natural. You've got to know. This is what faith does. This is why it's evidence. Because you acted on the Word of God, and you know God is working in the spirit realm. And that's why God says, be still and know that I am God. You know why you can be still? And Because he's saying this. That's his way of saying this. Calm down. I'm working on it. Calm down. I'm working on it. Now, here's the deal. How about a woman when she gets pregnant? She's excited for that baby. Were you excited? Absolutely, right? Wouldn't that, what, what about a woman who's so excited for it? She goes in in her second month and says, Doc, take it out. I'm excited. I want it right now. 
Ooh, that'd be a bad deal, wouldn't it? Come on, just come on. Let me have it now. Induce me right now. I'm ready to have this baby at two months. Seed, time. Do not run ahead of God. Are you following what I'm saying? Let the process work. Because when we, when we try to intervene, we are going to mess everything up. Oh, we're going to mess it up. And God's going to say, could you just be still and let me do my job? You did yours. You cooperated with my Holy Spirit. But then you mess it up. Don't, don't be induced for that baby two mo- uh, or seven months early. Are you following me? Man, this is, this is speaking to someone right now. The process is so important. Your fear, stress, worry could void that very thing you're desiring to come to pass. And, and it's, I love that. It says, do not fret when you see an unbeliever with worldly possessions. Don't, here's the deal. Ready for this? Don't let jealousy short-circuit your faith. Don't let jealousy. Stay focused on the Lord. Oh, but Lord, look at this person over here. God said, oh man, I'll tell you what, comparing yourself to anyone else is the ultimate foolishness. God has moved, man, there's been, I've seen, I've seen people, people that you would never have thought would come to the Lord. Man, I've seen miracles. You know, but it's tough because family members that I've ministered to and stuff, you know, you always, you know, I would sow seeds, you know, and, and, and just kind of sow the seed, right? And just kind of back off a little, let it go. And they would, and I would see a change. But man, I, in my in my younger years of in the Lord, I would get so irritated that they weren't really there yet. I would start to to push them now even more. And then they're like, oh, I'm done with that. And I aborted the seed that I planted in their heart. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Nope. You plant the seed. Listen to this. You plant the seed, you water the seed, but God gives the increase. And that increase is the dot, 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 dot time. He's got to bring the increase. See, that's why the Bible says that we are co-laborers with God. We work together with him. In other words, you're not God. Don't do God's part. You're going to mess it up. Co-laborers. We work together. You do your part, let God do his. Don't abort the process. Go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. You getting anything out of this? I'm telling you right now, the process. You, If you will take, I don't care if your flesh is screaming that you, you, your flesh wants to intervene. You, know, you, you want to you wanna jump right at that person. You want to put your hands around their neck. You don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling, come on, let's just get real here, people. Let's get real. I'm real. All right? Oh, trust me, I'm real. <laughs> all right. Well, I, we, we've all had that feeling where it's like, are you kidding me? What's going on here? All right? First Timothy 6, 6 through 10. And it says this. Now, godliness, I'm talking about the waiting room, the waiting, how to wait on the Lord. Keep that in mind. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. 
and having food and clothing. With these we shall be content. But, oh, here we go. Here's a little switch here. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, so here's the deal. Are you ready for this? So say if you plant a seed, all right, you you plant a seed and uh, for something, you know, you plant a seed in the kingdom of God financially, whatever, all right? And so you you're you're like god you know i need i need an increase i want favor in this area of my life whatever um god says this are you ready for this he says anything above your needs being met basically is icing on the cake here's what the holy spirit told me oh listen to this he said this when my people are content with their needs being met and free from the love of money It is then I will bless them with an overflow in their life. Why? Because God can trust you with it at that point. We need to be more consumed with spiritual things than worldly things. So here's the deal. The love of money and having the wrong motive will abort your seed. All right? You following me? So we need to make sure our spiritual life, spiritual things, our heart is in proper order. Amen? We need to make sure our, our heart between God and us is, is lined up and aligned. So we need to continue to be a doer of the word, and we need to trust God for the rest to fall into place in our life. You know what greed? Greed is trying to make things happen on your own. The Lord told me this too. He said, money gained by greed has a curse attached to it in your life. He, spoke, he just spoke that to me this week as I was writing this. So, be faithful. Now, of course, you know, who doesn't want to enjoy life and have... It's not wrong for the, you to have stuff. I'm not talking about that. But don't let it turn into greed. We got to come to a place... Listen to me now. We got to come to a place where when our needs are met, we have a joy because our needs are met. And it says... And I love that. It says godliness... Godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, isn't that some? Isn't that totally opposite from what the world teaches you? Godliness, living life, a godly life with contentment. Say contentment. We got to learn to be content with our needs met. Amen. See, God promises to fulfill your needs, not your greeds. Come on, somebody. Here we go. While waiting on the Lord. You must control your thought life. It is imperative. I mean, the battlefield, as Joyce Meyer says, the battlefield is in the mind. Amen? Your thought life must be controlled and waiting for the manifestation of that thing that you're believing God for. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. All right, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. This is the biggest area that the enemy fights Christians so hard. Anybody, really, in the thought life, right? Here we go, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or in the natural realm, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. Man, I like that. Any thought that is contrary to the Word of God, you better uh, take it captive. That word take captive literally means this, this, arrest it. You're under arrest. When a thought comes in that's outside of the will of God, any thought that comes in that the enemy wants to, to remove that peace on the inside, no, no, you, you show him the badge. You still, see, Jesus said, you're under arrest. You're not going any farther. You're not going anywhere, Right? Here's here's the deal. Listen to this. I heard a study. There is a about a 17 second gap. If you if a negative thought comes into your mind and you spend more than 17 seconds on that thing, it's got a stronghold in you. 17 seconds. Say 17 seconds. 17 seconds. You better within that 17 seconds, you better arrest that sucker, and you better throw him in prison. Throw him out. Get rid of it. It doesn't belong there. Amen? Amen. There's an old saying that says this. I love it. It says, you cannot help the birds from flying over your head, but you sure can stop them from making a nest in your head. 17 seconds. (laughs) 17 seconds. We need to meditate on the Word of God. Upon the promises that deal with that specific thing you're believing God for. You know what? Here, this is, some people never heard this, but take that promise, that that scripture that you're standing on, and put your imagination to work. See, God created your imagination. Did you know that? Some people think the devil created it. Can you believe that? The devil didn't create anything. The devil takes what God created and he perverts it. He twists it. So God created the imagination and he created it to be used for godly purposes. So it's not new age or out of bounds to take a scripture and start using your imagination. And I want you to start picturing yourself with that promise in your life. See, this is the sad thing. The new agers, they've taken spiritual laws and they perverted them. They, take, they took a spiritual law, they kicked Christ out of it, they kicked righteousness out of it, but they're still using a spiritual law. Let me tell you something right now. I was at the church this week, and this, this man rode up in, in a lawnmower, and he's like, hey, he's an older gentleman. He said, can I mow your lawn? I'm looking to get gas money for my lawnmower. I said, well, you know, we, we got the lawn all taken care of and stuff on that. And he, uh, he's like, all right. So I, I said, all right, I'm going in for this. I said, so do you go to church anywhere? And he's like, no. He goes, I'm a Wiccan. I believe in witchcraft. <laughs> and I said, oh, all right, all right. And so we just started talking and stuff. And you know what he told me? <laughs> he told me, he goes, oh, he goes, yeah. Because I started talking about Jesus and all that. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, in Wicca, he goes, we, we believe a lot of things that are in the Bible. You know what he's talking about. He, they've taken, here it is, exactly what I'm talking about. They've taken spiritual laws and twisted them with demonic things. They're using spiritual laws for evil. It, it's a sad day when a Wiccan 
recognizes spiritual laws before a Christian does. See, we have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Ghost to use it in a righteous way. But it's been hijacked. Say hijacked. All right. Go to um, Philippians 4.8. It was great. We had a great conversation. Uh, nice guy. I invited him to church. He was like, oh, I'll stop in sometime. Great. Come on in. Why not? We want you to hear the word of God, right? <laughs> you know what else he told me? He said, you know, there's one thing about Christianity. He said, a lot of Christians say they love God, but they don't even live for Him. I have a Wiccan telling me this. I have a Wiccan. A warlock. Someone in witchcraft. You know, the devil stuff telling me this. This should be eye-opening for us as Christians. We got to start living it. We got to start speaking it. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4 8. My goodness, we got a Wiccan calling us out, church. Here we go. Philippians 4 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I want you to notice there that it says this, meditate on these things. This is a command, not a suggestion. I think many times we read a scripture like that and we think, oh, you know, God's just trying to give us good pointers, right? No, 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 no. He said, meditate on these things. This is a command. Amen. In other words, this, he's telling us to meditate on it. So in other words, you be in control of your thought life at all times. Don't let the enemy take any part of it. Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. As I talked about last night in the meeting, that word place, that word, that the Greek word translated place is topos. That, that's where we get our word topography from. Literally given him location in our mind, location anywhere in our life. Are you following me? Now, so remember, that, that, is, a suggest, uh, that is not a suggestion. That is a command. Next, waiting on the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord with expectation in our heart. When waiting on the Lord, it shouldn't be a shot in the dark kind of a thing. It should be a knowing. And that knowing is what? Faith. Come on, somebody. And that faith should manifest in personal praise and worship to our Heavenly Father. If you believe it, you're going to praise Him for it. Amen? Spend time with Him daily. When you're in that waiting period, spend time. Turn on some music. Just get in the room by yourself. Turn on some praise and worship music. Lift your hands. Just start praising Him. Don't do it one time a week. Come on. This is, this is the beauty of it. We can have His presence. We can experience and encounter Him as much or as little as you want. I suggest more. Amen? And by the way, here we go. Be very careful who you're sharing your desires with. Be very careful who you're sharing your seed with. There are many dream killers in this world. And yes, I'm talking about the body of Christ. 
Are you following me? You ever met a dream killer? You ever tell someone something that you were excited about that the Lord showed you and and you you told someone and all of a sudden it's just negative immediately and you're like, oh boy, do I regret that. Boy, do I regret that. Be very careful. Don't cast your pearls to the swine. Are you following me? You know, sometimes we just got to learn to keep our mouth shut and keep it in our own heart. Right? Some, I'm just telling you that because the moment you leak that thing out, now you tell the wrong person, guess what they're doing? They're word cursing you. <laughs> they're word cursing you. So here you're believing for something. You told the wrong person and now someone's word cursing and they're releasing devils in that situation. Mm. All right. So be very careful that no negative words or confession is spoken out of your mouth even. The word confession means this, to agree with or to say the same thing as. So when we're confessing the word, we're saying this, we agree with the word and we're saying the same thing as what the word says. Amen? There's power in our words. I'm going to be talking about that more in future. But you can't talk about spiritual laws without the power of your words. All right? The words that you speak will either help or hinder the promise from coming to pass. Here we go. The next point, and I'm almost done here. All right, this is the last point, in fact. So here we go. In the waiting room, in that time period, be faithful while waiting on the Lord. Be faithful to Him. Say faithful. Faithful. See, faithful deals with your heart attitude and obedience to Him. Always remember this. I heard this before, and it stuck with me. I love it. You ready? Obedience is God's excuse to bless you. Obedience is God's excuse. Give God an excuse to bless you. Amen. Amen. So in the waiting room of life, stay faithful to him, faithful to his word, faithful to your calling. Now, I want to touch on this real quick. Some Christians, they're always asking, what is my calling? I don't know what my calling is. What am I supposed to do in the body of Christ? You might be there. Amen. Here's what I tell people. You ready for some practical uh, advice here? First and foremost, you're called to be a Christian. Before I'm called to be a pastor, before someone's called to be a prophet, before someone's called, you're called to be a Christian. You're called, I'm called to be a personal disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So there is no partiality with God. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do on this earth. Your first calling is to be a Christian. So start by fulfilling your call as a disciple. The Lord will reveal the rest of the plan as you go. If you're called to be a pastor, evangelist, teacher, prophet, electrician, a farmer, you name it. He will reveal it in time. And don't ever forget this. You can only turn a moving ship. If a ship is standing still, you can turn that wheel all you want, whatever it's called. You can turn it all you want, but that thing is staying right where it's at. There needs to be some friction of that water for that rudder to have any effectiveness. Right? I'm a pilot. I mean, the rudder on an airplane. If, I'm, if the airplane's just sitting, not even moving, you can, you can move the rudder pedals all day long. The plane's staying in the one spot. But, buddy, you get that thing up to 200 mile an hour and you touch, you touch that rudder pedal, man, you're going to feel it real quick. Are you following me? 
You can only turn a moving ship. So just keep moving forward. Be a Christian. Be a disciple. Work on your personal walk with the Lord. And I promise you this, the Lord will reveal the will for your life. I'll tell you that right now. He will not leave you hanging. Amen? Some have a call into full-time ministry. Some don't. Some have a call to work in the secular field. You know what? Glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in it. There's people that you're going to reach in the secular that I'll never reach here at the pulpit. Right? Some people won't give me the time of day because I'm a full-time pastor. But guess what? You're an agent of the Lord. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ in that secular business. Do you understand? You have, you have the ability to ignite revival in a secular atmosphere. That's exciting. That is, that is so exciting. So don't run ahead of God. It's dangerous and hurtful to be out of his timing. And you will invite heartache into your life when you try to do things on your own. Let the timing. Listen, from the last time I pastored until I got this position, you know how many years passed? 12 years. 12, I, I've tried everything. Every, uh, you know, my, obviously my main secular thing is aviation. I've tried uh, a lot of things in aviation, flight instructing, co-pilot on a, on a Falcon jet, flying all over the country. All right, I've tried all these things, but you know, I'd be sitting in that seat Flying across, flying to Laredo, Texas, to the border to drop off some freight, right? We're over, whatever, Oklahoma or whatever, and, and I, it's 3 in the morning. And you know what's stirring in my head? Lord, are you ever going to open a full-time position for me in ministry and to pastor again? I promise, that's what I was seeking the Lord about. Nothing, listen, nothing satisfied me. Seed. Time. I'll tell you right now, 12 years is a long time. But you know what? I look back at it now. If I would have done it any sooner, it would have been out of the timing of God. This, this is the perfect timing of God. This baby right here took 12 years to, to, to be where he needs to be. You following me? If I would have been out of the timing of God, it, it, it probably wouldn't have been as effective Right? Whatever. It was just, this was God's timing. That's all I can say. So don't allow discouragement and distractions to throw you off course. I want to end on one powerful passage, and that's it. Isaiah chapter 40. Go there with me. Isaiah 40. (laughs) Oh, so many nights flying freight and saying, Lord, please, let me pastor again. Oh, I remember one night I got called out to do a, a, a flight and and I didn't sleep all day, all right? And then they call you and you can be on the road for 16, 18 hours at a time. And I didn't sleep all day. I just laid down. I closed my eyes. My cell phone rang and they said, hey, we got a trip for you. Chicago to Kansas City, whatever. And And I remember I threw the blankets off. I'm like, are you kidding me? I didn't sleep all day. She goes, well, that's what you signed up for. I'm like, nope. God, I'm sorry for trying to find things. (laughs) You know what I mean? You you tried to find things apart from God. I'm telling you. But the call never leaves. Amen? Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And it says this. Let this build strength in you here. 28 through 21. 
It says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases strength. Mm, Listen to this. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the process, those who wait on the Lord to do his part, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Church, if you will put these points into practice that I shared, I guarantee you, your waiting period, it will be meaningful. And you will rejoice when the harvest comes. It will be a spring of life to you. Amen? Allow the kingdom of God to move on your behalf as you cooperate with the Holy Ghost. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. I didn't like getting up for flying in the middle of the night, but if I have to get up for ministry, I'm all ready to go. Come on. So ministry, I love, it's a call. It's a burning on the inside of me. Amen. Amen. I'm ready. We're warriors for the kingdom of God. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. The Word of God says that today is the day of salvation. Do not leave this place without making Him the Lord of your life. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. That's too big of a gamble. If you never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to meet me over here and I want to pray with you after service. Maybe you've, uh, you know, you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You know you're backslidden. You've fallen away from the Lord and Frankly, if you passed away right now, you don't know where you would go. Again, that's too big of a gamble. Amen? Amen. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, just come up here. I want to pray with you and have the privilege of, of praying with you to rededicate to the Lord. Now, maybe you're in this place. You never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said you will receive power. I'm telling you right now, it's not only a power to minister to others, but it's a, it's a power even for your own life personally. Amen? It was so important that Jesus told 500 people, go to the upper room and wait. Guess how many showed up? 120. I would probably say that that equation, that average is still the same today in the whole body of Christ. God's telling everybody, but man, only that 120 is waiting. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, meet me over here in this corner. Now, maybe you need a prayer for healing, physical, emotional any kind of uh, prayer for that, any prayer for anything, we're going to be available right there in that corner and we want to pray with you. Don't leave this place if you need prayer. Amen? Amen. All right. So now uh, Tuesday night, our prayer call, 7 o'clock. If you want to know the number, just come and see one of us and we'll let you know the number. Um, Wednesday night, prayer here. Man, we got to keep Putting the, the putting wood on that fire. Come on, somebody. That, that that's the only reason. The manifestation of what we've seen in that meeting last night is because we are a church of prayer. Amen. Amen. So we got to keep it moving. All right, everyone. Um, don't forget Nancy's uh, 80th birthday party is downstairs. Hang around. You know, eat some food, visit, and um, you guys have a great week. If you need anything, you know how to get in touch with me. Let's get together. Let's talk. You need healing, deliverance, you want to set up a session, come and do it. Amen? Have a great week, everyone. God bless you.